episode 25 of the Lace Em Up podcast. Some teams have clinched. Others are barely hanging on for their playoff lives. And, well, a lot of others are already out of the race. Uh, also, Jonathan Drouin in trouble again. Evgeny Kuznetsov is sounding like a team player, which is good news for Washington. Uh, college hockey and the CHL playoffs are underway. Someone gave Nazem Kadri a throat slash gesture. We'll talk about that. And as well, our Bruins and Sens summaries uh, looking pretty bleak on both ends. Before we get to that, uh, shout-outs to all the NHLers past and present to war number 25. Um, a lot of legends, Dave Andrichuk, Jason Arnett, uh, Randy Carlisle, uh, Chris Neal, Darren McCarty, uh, Vinny Dompus, Matthew Dandino, who... Uh, infamously said, I don't feel like I'm in, uh, feel like I'm a part of the Canadians because I haven't been booed yet. <laughs> um, uh, we also have uh, Victor Kozlov, Jacques Lemaire, Dave Lewis, Jakob Markstrom, one of the few goalies to wear number 25, uh, Joe Neuendijk, Thomas Steen, Kevin Stevens, John Ogrodnik, who uh, had uh, a lot of success in his earlier years, uh, and a couple of other players that you might not have known. Uh, um, that of war number 25 in the past, the late Alexander Kapotsev, um, shares the same birthday as me, believe it or not, uh, died in the tragic plane crash on September the 7th, uh, 2011. Um, we also have Al McAdam who was born in PEI, played for the Cleveland Barons an NHL team at the time. And he scored 42 goals and over 90 points in his best season with the Minnesota North stars, uh, back in 1979, 1980. Uh, so to, all of those players and all the others who wore number 25 in the NHL, this podcast is for you. And now, it's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. Um, so, uh, I keep on, I keep on trying to find, like, players that you haven't mentioned, but, um, I'm just looking through these lists of people who have won 25 that you may not have mentioned. Andy Brickley, the, uh, play-by-play for the Bruins, wore 25. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, (laughs) that's my one contribution to that segment. Al Gill as well, a former Bruin. Yeah, um... I don't know. You said uh, you said Jason Arnott too. Did you? Jason Arnott, yes. Okay. Um, his, his years with the Devils, he wore yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, so, anyway, so yeah, social media. Uh, we have uh, let's see here: Twitter, Lace Them Podcast, uh, Facebook. We have Lace Them Up. Um, so, you know, you're probably listening to this on SoundCloud or iTunes. Um, email us at laceupbag at gmail.com. I believe that's it. Um, yeah. yeah, you ride through that pretty easily. I know, I'm getting used to this. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah, it usually takes me a while to remember all of them. And then, <laughs> you know, once, once it becomes repetitive, it's just autopilot. Yeah, it's just like, wait. Oh, yeah, email. All right. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, so there's a. Uh, uh, supposed to last week, uh, we talked about the playoffs, and now there's actually some clinching and some elimination going on. Uh, mostly elimination. Mostly elimination, but we'll talk about both. 
Um, so first we'll talk about the clinching because there are a few of them, but uh, Washington clinched their division and their conference. Um, they would have gotten their president's trophy if they won last night, um, Saturday, against St. Louis, but um, they they got shut out, but uh, they'll probably eventually win the president's trophy. We'll probably yeah, by the, time, the, by the time you finish listening to this podcast, yeah. they'll have already clinched. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that they don't and... Need much. And we'll probably, I mean, we'll probably mention it next, you know, next episode. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I think we talked about Washington last week, but it's really yeah, just... Yeah, uh, that, that, that they were in the playoffs, yeah. Um, it's really just uh, their, um, you know, if they, uh, uh, if they don't, like, win the Stanley Cup or make it to the finals, then this season's pretty much a disappointment for them. Now, um, how, how about this? I checked... Uh, the NHL website. Braden Holpe's got 45 wins this year, well, and he, they're probably going to have to win every single game in order for him to get a shot at 50 wins. But I I can't remember the last time an NHL goalie got 50 wins in a single season, or if it's even ever been done before. Um, I can do so some that, looking that while be, you're. That might also be something to keep in mind there. I can do some looking. Um, yeah. uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's ever happened. But at the same time, you probably think that their uh, Trotz is going to arrest his guys, right? Yeah, at some point. I mean, uh, what point would Alex Ovechkin be playing in the, se- in the, right. in the actually, season finale if they're going to I actually have it here. So the most wins in a single season was Martin Brodeur with 48 in 2006-2007 season. Okay, so so, so he, no one has, he has a shot at the record. No one has like. fifty yet, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, so he's at forty-five. So right now he's in fifth place. Uh, Luongo and Parent had forty-seven. Nabokov had forty-six, and then Holtby, Kippersoff, and Brodeur have forty-five right now. I mean, you know, Holtby is probably gonna, it's probably going to change for him, but um, yeah, it could happen. That's something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, but I think Holby, I think Holby, especially, is going to rest because if he gets hurt, right, in the season finale, then they're screwed. All of a sudden, (laughs) your playoff aspirations, maybe even going to the finals, have taken a major hit. And no disrespect to Philippe Grubauer, who has who has played pretty well. He played really well against the Bruins. Brayton Holby is above and beyond playing better than any other goalie this year. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the, the Capitals wouldn't be screwed because they, you know, they still have a lot of good forwards. But um, yeah, they they would be. Uh, it would be a significant loss. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Kuznetsov uh, said that, um, kind of to that fact. If we were going to segue, I would trade all my points for a chance to play in the Stanley Cup Finals, which is kind of funny because. If he did trade out all his points, he probably wouldn't change. He probably wouldn't play in the Stanley Cup Finals. But um, I thought that was uh, that 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 was like an interesting quote for their mindset um, right now. Is that they're all just gearing up for the playoffs? And all, all the all the times I've listened to Don Cherry, you know, talk, uh, you know, just whine and complain about the Russians' work <laughs> ethic and some. <laughs> And question their dedication they have to the NHL. Like when the KHL is right yeah. in front of you, and you can't take the aid of playing in the NHL. Sometimes this league isn't the right fit for 
for some of the Russians. And sometimes their attitude isn't the right fit for their team or any other team in this league. Right. But in what Kuznetsov said, he won't have any issues with anybody if he continues to play with that kind of mindset. The fact that he wants to play in the finals, he wants to grab the ball by the horns, he's hungry for more success. The drive for success is there. He's shown it this year. And so long as the Capitals keep him on the right path, he should have at least one Stanley Cup title under his belt because that's how winners are made. Winners make comments like that, and winners back it up. And if Kuznetsov continues to play well, um, he is going to be a winner in this league, no question. Yep. Um, all right, uh, Dallas, I don't know how we want to do this, but uh, Dallas, St. Louis, L.A., and Anaheim all clinched a playoff spot. They're still working out the order between the things, but um, they all clinched their playoff spot yet. Yeah, I'm sure Chicago will eventually, and the Sharks will too. But um, Yeah, so, um, I guess, and then, so Dallas, they don't have Sagan, but at least they got a playoff spot, so... Sagan maybe will probably be back for the playoffs. Um, who knows if they're rushing Chris him Russell, Chris Russell is also on and off with injury, by the way. And it should yeah. be noted that the Stars prevented the Sharks from clinching a playoff spot with their win. Oh, yeah, I saw that, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah St. Louis also did something that they didn't do in franchise history previously. Four straight shutouts, three of which going to Brian Elliott. Since he's yeah. come back from injury, apparently he's been pretty good. Yeah. The funny thing is, is that like they were all like saying like, okay, I guess Brian Elliott's the starter now, and then all of a sudden Jake Allen just gets a shutout yesterday <laughs> against the Capitals. It's like, oh, <laughs> I guess, guess the goalie controversy is still there. I um, think the St. Louis Blues fans are just like, I don't care who the starter is, so long <laughs> as we keep winning. Yeah. And that's the problem when they yeah. get into the playoffs is can they get it done? Right, that is the outcry they're, they're going to have because they're just like, we've seen this before. They've done great in the regular right. season, playoff time, MIA. So yeah, that's that's the same with Washington is like they're great in the regular season, but once the playoffs start, it's, you know, <laughs> they, uh, they're just a different team. Um, in a bad way. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, L.A. Uh, clinched playoff spots. I guess that, that's not a huge surprise. Anaheim. Yeah, and they clinched last week, I believe. We, we alluded to that. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. Did we? Oh, yeah. And then uh, Anaheim, um, which started off really bad. Um, but they, um, you know, they picked it up. And it's, I mean, it's not hard when, you, when you're in the Pacific Division. Considering you have the Flames, the Oilers, and the Coyotes in your division, but um, at the same time, it's still impressive that they uh, uh, figured it all out um, in the middle of the season. Boudreaux may not be a coach if um, by now if they didn't pick it up. Yeah, um, and, and, and like it's sometimes the best moves are the moves that you don't make. Like right. in oh six oh seven, I remember the Sens were like should have been doing better than they were at the start of the season. They had a a below average start to it, and there was all this talk of. I remember on the radio, Wait, Daniel Alfredson probably getting probably getting traded, and Brian Murray. Um, Wait, wasn't that the company pizza stood line? Pat and, and and they didn't yeah. do anything, mind you. John Muckler was the GM at the time, but regardless, they didn't trade Alfie, and you know, oh, look right. at That's look at what happened. Right. Look at what transpired. They went to the finals that year. And the Anaheim Ducks, Bob Murray, you know, taking right. all this heat, he said, listen, Boudreaux's not going anywhere right now. Right. I've got faith in him, and sure enough, he was rewarded. And yeah. the Ducks are back in the playoffs, and they're, they're 
they're going to be a team to be feared in the postseason, regardless yeah, sure. of where they finish. And I think a lot of that had to do with Getzlav finally getting it together. I think he had and like, Perry too. Yeah, well, Perry was pretty has been pretty good all season, but Getzlav specifically, like he had like one goal at the start of the season or something like that. Apparently, I think he's got twelve now, but yeah. just picking up his overall game. Yeah, apparently he had like he like injured his back or some some he had some injury that he was playing with, and then once he got that fixed, he was. He was back to his normal self, so that may have been it, um, which is kind of crazy, um, but whatever. Um, I had another point. Wait, was that the the year of the pizza line with Heatley and Spezza? Um, or was I that... think the very first year of the pizza line was in 05, 06. Uh, I, think, I think maybe they kept it together in 06, 07, I can't recall, but for those of you who don't recall what the pizza line was, the the what it was called the Corral Center at the time. That's that the before it was even called Scotiabank Place. In fact, oh six oh seven, I think they changed it to Scotiabank Place, and now it's the Canadian Tire Center. Irregardless, the name <laughs> name the building name changing aside. Right. Um, they had this promotion uh, from Pizza Pizza where you, every fan would get a slice of pizza, a free pizza, if the Sens scored five goals in a winning effort. And they, mid-season, after seeing how many times the Sens were scoring five goals, yeah. they changed it to six. Still didn't make a difference. They scored yeah. six goals, yeah. and, and the fans were getting free pizza. And now they have since, over the years, killed the promotion because uh, now it, it really hasn't – they rarely score five goals. Yeah, nowadays. I was about that to seems say. to be a rarity. But <laughs> uh, back, back then, that promotion, would, the Sens were just – basically eating pizza pizza alive with the amount of offensive surges they were right. having so that's why they called it the pizza line well yeah healy was very good for you guys but um yeah although and, he and, just... and first two seasons uh only senators scored 50 goals in a year regardless of his character aside no one else has done that yeah it's kind of crazy how much he's fallen off the face of the earth now yeah yeah so going from san jose to minnesota and I'm in the minors, and then yeah. traded to Florida and buried in the minors. Yeah, sad yeah. even, but um, whatever. And now he's in Germany. because <laughs> he was like so good too. But um, all right, let's uh, let's talk about the eliminations. Um, now that we're talking about from <laughs> actually, that's a good segue. We have like success of the pizza line to the uh, to now he's in the dregs of Europe. Um, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, now totally intended. I'll take yeah. all the credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah, uh, it was a little unrelated, but whatever. Uh, Toronto, uh, so these are all the teams that got eliminated. It's There's not too many surprises except for one, um, if you if you were around during October. but uh, So Toronto, Edmonton, Columbus were all pretty much expected from, like, October... Vancouver kind of slipped around, and and Winnipeg um, kind of were in it, but not really. Um, yeah, I forgot about the Jets, yeah. Uh, Calgary also got eliminated, and then the big one is Montreal. Um, it's a happy time for Bruins fans, but it's also um, but it's sad for Montreal. Started um, the season 9-0-0, and they yep. missed the playoffs. I... I I was hoping that the price 
injury wouldn't be as significant as it's yeah. turned out to be. And I'm sure a lot of I Canadians mean, fans are hoping the yeah. same, but it obviously hasn't turned out that way. As uh, I mean, I kind of I knew that the Carey Price would have injury would have had a huge effect on them. I didn't think it would be this bad, honestly. I I think also the you know the Subban injury, the Gallagher injury. I think Pacioretty was injured too for a bit. So um, at the beginning of the season, yeah, but they were they were getting then, by without him. And then the fact that you have like DeHarnay in your top six, which is kind of crazy. Um, so I think it's it's not just Carey Price; it's like a lot of those guys they had injuries. So, the one plus side though is that Alex Galchenyuk is starting to score he's starting to find his offensive yep. groove and they're and they have found a guy other than patches that can score 20 to 30 goals and that is huge that's true um but that's the only positive <laughs> i think they could take out of the season unfortunately. yeah and i think i mean and I, it's like different like if you take out any of your, your best players on like if you take out you know if you take out eric carlson or patrice bergeron if we're yeah, to relate to our teams, then yeah, your you know your team's not going to be good. But um, it's just it's kind of this just shows how much you're reliant on Carey Price. It's a lot like if um, I don't know actually if you think about it, like if you think that like if uh, Braden Holtby was injured all year, do you think the Capitals would be where they are right now? Like even in the playoffs. <laughs> They, they might be a playoff team, but they would probably be jousting for a wild card spot yeah, that's if they what were I think. a playoff team. Just because they, they, be they have Ovechkin, Backstrom, Oshie, Kuznetsov, um, and all those guys. But um, and, a def- and a good defensive structure. It's yeah. a whole, whole B is the glue that holds but that I mean, team Montreal, together. But Montreal also has a lot of good defensive guys, Markov, Subban. Um, but yeah, I guess that's true. I feel like it's all, a lot of about the coach too in that aspect too. I think Therian may be uh, may be fired. Um, there are reports as of uh, a couple weeks ago that he was going to be back for next season, okay. but I don't think. And, oh, and they're probably Bergeron considering this an aberration. Commit beyond the, the next season because if the Habs get Price back and healthy. And this happens again. He's gone. Yeah. End of story. He's gone within ten to fifteen games. Right. Because they can't they can't afford another bad start like this next year. True. I mean, yeah. At the same time, it's like um, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought in the middle of the sentence. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I, I guess it's. Uh, I guess that's true. I mean, I think it's more of an aberration. Maybe that's what they're thinking. Um, if they don't have Carey Price, but at the same time, it's, you know, you can see that this team is flawed because if, if your goal, if you take your goalie, you're not supposed to be this bad. Like, sure, you're supposed to be bad, but not this bad. I think that's a a lot of that's on the coaches. Um, and, and even like the GM, I think the GM could have, uh, Bergevin could have found, uh, you know, a forward, a crew that can work for them, but. Whatever. Um, See, uh, Montreal again. It's a complex situation because you know, as a head coach, you got to speak French, right? And there aren't too many of those available right now that are looking for a job. Guy Boucher is the only obvious candidate to yeah. replace Michel Therrien, and 
he is trying to give Michelle Therrien the benefit of the doubt, trying to give him every single chance to get them out of this because he knows the cupboard is bare and it's it's not filling up. Yeah. So he doesn't want to to cause that kind of a mess to bring in like a Kirk Muller or Randy Cunningworth or or, or someone like that who yeah. doesn't really fit the brand of the coach that he wants. And he, he he wants a coach that can speak French and bring a kind of stability and success to the Canadians. And there aren't too many of those around. So again, that's the problem with Montreal. And that's why it's different than any other hockey market is that the possibilities of a replacement are really down to the wire. And yeah. they're very explicit. If you don't meet these credentials... Yeah. We're going to hire someone else, right? Um, so that's that's why I think Bergevin is remaining extremely patient, but he might not have another choice. And the other problem is, if you're not going to hire Guy Boucher now, someone else at some right. point is going to. Well, I'm not just talking. And at one point, do you reach and say, "Okay, that's it. We're hiring him. We can't wait any longer." Right. Well, I'm not. Ju- I'm not just talking about coaches for Bergevin. I'm talking about players in terms of getting like forwards that can fit in the top six for you yeah. for Tyrion to put in the top six not Deharnay or whatever but you know it's whatever um I, I, mean, also I can't heard complain that on uh, complete hockey news that um there was this annual no trade list study or whatever the Oilers were at the top of the list again yeah. Montreal appeared within the top 10 as well, well. so that's that. the that's the other thing is it's how a, many people want to go to Montreal okay well, speaking of uh, no one wants to go there, all these teams are now eligible for Austin Matthews. It's funny that the one-year, uh, well, not, I guess Patrick Kane and JVR, but the one-year there's a lot of Americans. Um, one, of, one of the years, few years, where there's a lot of Americans as a top prospect. All these Canadian teams are uh, being eliminated uh, Toronto would be scary with Austin Matthews. Edmonton would be scary with Austin Matthews. There would be a ride if Edmonton won the lottery again. Um, <laughs> they're, 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 they've got the third best odds yeah. to win the lottery. They had the third best odds last year, and they got yeah. McDavid. If they get Matthews done yeah. right, there's going to be a riot. Columbus would actually... Uh, Colum- of these Columbus teams, would be scary. So would Winnipeg. Yeah, Winnipeg all, the, all, these, all these teams would be scary with them, but... Yeah. Um, Columbus would be interesting because they, they traded Ryan Johansson and they need mm-hmm. a center now. So, yeah. um, so that would, that would be interesting. Vancouver would be interesting too. They could start your own future. Um, Winnipeg would be really funny as I mentioned last week, considering he's an Arizona boy. Um, and they took, you know, Winnipeg took their boy. Um, like they, you know, the franchise of the, um, the original Winnipeg Jets went to Arizona. Um, Calgary would be cool too. Um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I don't know who he's going to end up going to. It's probably going to be Toronto. Um, and then Stamkos will go there. And then it will be uh, 10 years of Maple Leafs. So <laughs> you're going on the assumption that if the Leafs get Austin Matthews in the draft, Stamkos is going there, no ifs, or buts. Yeah, I think so. Because... Because wow. you have Nylander, you have Mitch Marner, 
You have Matthews and Sashnikov. Yeah, Shostakov. I think Stamkos is willing to wait a couple, like maybe a couple more years to be like that, like mentor guy who knows the rounds of the NHL, and he can be that guy. And you also have Babcock and La, um, La Violette, who are not La Violette, Lamarillo, who are yeah. you know. So I don't know. I think he could go if if they get Austin Matthews. At the um, same time, though, Stamkos is if you're an athlete, you know that. The window of opportunity to win a Stanley Cup isn't always going to be there. And for Steven Stamkos is, how much longer do I have in Tampa Bay? And I think there's still time in Tampa Bay. I don't think he's going to sign a, you know, he's he's not going to sign like a 10-year deal or something like that because he obviously can't on the current CBA. But he might sign like a four-year deal. Oh, to Tampa Bay? To, to stay in Tampa and see yeah. what happens there. That's possible. Then, I think that's... And then maybe if the Leafs are prime and ready to win after four years, then maybe he goes there then. Yeah, that's likely going to happen. But, you know, I I, I think he... I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying in terms of, like, I think if we put it into another sport, uh, David Price, who went to the Red Sox because he saw the future of the Red Sox hitters and was like, okay, these this team's going to be pretty good. Uh, you know, in a couple of years. Um, so if you bring it to like Toronto, you're like, oh, so this is like I can bring some legitimacy and we can further the, you know, the rebuilding phase um, even more. But yeah, I guess I can see your point. It's obviously they're not going to win next year, even if Sam Coast does go there. But, um, and, and we're talking about all these Canadian teams that haven't that aren't going to make the playoffs this year. There's one Canadian team that's mathematically still alive and it's the Ottawa Senators. Unfortunately, (laughs) they're barely alive mathematically. Humble brag Um, much. (laughs) Yeah. With the Flyers and Red Wings both losing on Saturday, the Sens were able to muster a point against the Ducks. Should have been two, could have been two. It wasn't. Uh, Are we doing this segment now or are we going to? No, 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 no. I'll I'll, I'll get back to that later. Uh, The only Canadian team, as I said, that's a mathematical shot making the playoffs. Again, more than likely to change after this podcast hits the open market. Because with six games to go, they're now eight points out of the final wildcard spot. Uh, in the West, you have the Minnesota Wild defeating the Colorado Avalanche. They have moved five points ahead of them for the final playoff spot. Although Patrick Waugh said after the game, nothing is impossible. He is right about that. Nothing is impossible. Yeah, nothing is impossible. Or like uh, Kevin Garnett says, everything, anything is possible. <laughs> anything is possible. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that, that's two two Boston references. I have to figure out how to get another one in for the Patriots. Um. Yeah, a, a Detroit and uh, Boston are fighting for that le- third spot in the Atlantic. Um. It seems like Pittsburgh. Uh, not Pittsburgh, uh, the Islanders and Philadelphia. Well, I guess Philadelphia and Detroit both have 85 points. The Islanders have 89 points. Boston has 88 points. Um, but Boston is is uh, still fighting. Um, and then they, they got uh, some critical head-to-head matchups with a couple yeah. of those teams too, that which could change a lot in the standings. I kind of want to see Detroit. I think at the moment Detroit is out of the playoffs, and I I kind of want to see. I think their, they're tied with Philly, but yeah, out of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, they're tied with Philly, but 
Philly is winning that tiebreaker, so they... Yeah, and, and do they have a couple of games in hand? I think they have at least uh, one. Let's see here. Detroit has seven games remaining. Philly has eight. Okay, so one game in hand for the Flex. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's the most interesting wild card situation. For the Western Conference, it's really just a bunch of Central Conference, uh, Central Division teams. Um, and you, and you, flash, you flash back to that Philly Jackets game. Like, the Flyers are up 2 nothing with less than a minute to go. Jackets tied up out of nowhere and went yeah. into shootout. So the Flyers could easily have sole possession of the final wildcard spot, albeit by a point. But th- there's a possibility that Detroit would, you know, be one point back of the Flyers. But Columbus, again, did them a favor. Right. Whereas um, the Penguins did Detroit no favors in their 7-2 shellac. All right. Um, so I think we'll, uh, we'll talk about... Um, yeah, we'll go on to the rapid fire. It's pretty short this week, um, but, I mean, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if we talked about this before, but I think we said that Duran started playing uh, for the Syracuse Crush, um, which Crunch, is the yeah. um, the Tampa Bay affiliate, uh, AHL mm-hmm. affiliate. Um, uh, he decided to suck it up and whatnot. Um, but then, apparently, he got scratched this week for oversleeping. Um, so it shows that he, um, I feel like this happened before with, um, there was that, uh, Islanders prospect who overslept or something. And there was like, I think a Vander Kane also overslept this week. And, it's like yeah, oversleeping. And they, and they is, sent him home immediately. Yeah. I think oversleeping is like the, uh, new, uh, mumps. Remember that last year? <laughs> like everyone got mumps. So yeah. this is like everyone's oversleeping. Um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, they sent Druen home immediately, but, um, I don't know. It's kind of, I'm kind of sick of the story now that I well, know that he's I, not going to be traded for a bit. I think he was given a one-game ban in the press box and then allowed to return. I yeah. think that's what happened. Uh, whereas Josh was saying, though, the Islanders prospect, they sent him home immediately. His training right. camp was over just like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I guess, I mean, it is a little least, different. <laughs> if you're looking at a positive here at Tampa Bay, at least he accepted the one-game suspension without a fight. True. And, and, and he's you know, playing now. responsibility. And he's playing now. Um, yeah. So It's also interesting because I remember reading when this happened, because this was a couple weeks ago, when he yeah. started playing for the AHL, he, um, like, there was a lot of people on, the, like, the Tampa Bay. I think, like, Ben Bishop said, like, he was kind of surprised that Drewen was holding out. Um, because he seemed like such a nice guy who was really into hockey or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. It was really about his team or whatever. But um, So it was kind of like a divide even for the Tampa Bay because they were confused too about what was going on. Um, all right. Uh, so since there isn't much on rapid fire, we'll go to our uh, another, other, another league. Uh, college hockey has their tournament now. Uh, North Dakota and BC are in their Frozen Four. Um, they BC yesterday. is Boston College, not British Columbia, for all you guys. Um, I think that's assumed, right? Uh, everyone knows BC is Boston <laughs> uh, College. Yeah, there, there are a couple of different BCs, so I, yeah. I just want to make it real specific. Okay. Uh, North Dakota beat Michigan uh, last uh, yesterday. Um, Kyle Connor had... I think he tied Jack Eichel's college record yep. for points. One of his milestones. By yep. the way, Winnipeg Jets prospects. Yep. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
he could have been a Bruin, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, Hashtag could have been a Bruin. <laughs> yep. Um, BC uh, beat Minnesota Duluth. Um, and then tonight, well, um, I mean, you'll probably know who it's going to be, but Quinnipiac plays Matt, UMass Lowell. Um, and then the other quarter, quarterfinal is Ferris State and Denver. Um, for you Bruins people, Denver has Danton Heinen, who's a Boston a Bruins prospect. But um, uh, yeah, um, and I think uh, also uh, so um, Harvard got out last week, are uh, against BC. They lost to BC in the first round. Um, Jimmy VC. So now that means Jimmy VC is no longer a Harvard player, and now there's the sweepstakes where he uh, he hasn't signed. He got drafted by Nashville. If you don't know, he uh, he was drafted by Nashville Predators. Um, I think three years ago, um, and he. Um, um, and he, uh, for college players, it's different for the CHL because uh, if you sign a contract um, with your team, you can't play in the college because you can't. It's like a scholarship kind of thing. So um, because you're playing for money, basically. Uh, so he hasn't. Uh, most what most players do is they play their three years because that's the most they do and then they sign after that their junior year but Jimmy VC uh, didn't sign with the Predators and now he can he can a sign with the Predators or B sign with any team uh, he's from Boston so there are rumors that the Bruins could get him and he's all his dad and his brother are also um, in the Toronto or uh, Maple Leafs organization, so they're also a suspect of it. He was uh, he was a Hobie Baker finalist last year. Um, I think he's he's probably he's a Hobie Baker finalist this year, I believe too. Um, and you know he's from Harvard, so he's obviously smart. I think I'm not trying to get my hopes up, but I think he's going to go to the Predators. Because um, he seems like that kind of guy who would stick with his contract to who drafted him. Although I don't know if you read this Players Tribune article he wrote, um, which kept my hopes up. That he said uh, he wrote a paragraph that he uh, dreamed of the Bruins drafting him. Um, so he may go to the Bruins, but I I think he's going to go to the Predators. Um, it's kind of like a uh, like a unwritten rule that you're not really supposed to do that, but um, he, it could happen if you, if you're if you really want to do that. Um, I don't. I think he even said in that article that the predators have been very good to him, so he might uh, just respect that. Um, and, and Nashville, uh, you know, it's it's a pretty good team to yeah. come into, especially offensively. Yeah, there like were they, a lot. Of, there were a lot you of know, reports. You have guys like Mike Ribeiro who are probably going to be gone in a couple yep. of years and retired and whatnot. And there's a spot right there for you. You got Philip Forsberg yep. and Ryan Johansson on that team. Yeah, there that's, were reports. That's a pretty good environment to be around. Yeah, there were there were reports that if he played, he would have made the roster, uh, the pro roster, if he played this year. 
Um, he's a left winger. The Bruins have a lot of left wingers in their system. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously you would want that kind of guy on your team, but, um, I think he's going to the Predators. Um, I think by default that takes Ottawa out of the picture because although they've been, they've been, uh, able to sign all these college, um, prospects, uh, out of free agency, they're log jammed at left wing. Even after trading Shane Prince, they're still a log jam. So I think, you know, there's, there's. I, I think they're set at left wing. I don't think they need a guy like like Jamie Vesey. But well, yeah, they, you know, they you look at the... guys. You look, you look at you know young up and coming teams like Toronto, Winnipeg, yeah. Edmonton, Buffalo. Both might show interest, but Boston, yeah, you know, if home is where the heart is, then <laughs> you'll probably consider it. But yeah, yeah that would be the only way he would go to Boston. Just also because we are loaded on the left wing. Because in the near future, we have Marshawn, Bolesky, mm-hmm. and then we have Toronto. I think we have a, a couple of other guys in our system, too. Uh, is Louis Erickson a left winger or a right winger? Uh, he plays both, but I think we play him with right wing for now. Um, but, like, we also have uh, Bor- Anders Bork, who's on Notre Dame right now. We mm-hmm. have, uh, I think we have, um, I said Vitrano. Yeah. Oh, Louis Erickson is a left winger, apparently. Ah, um, so if yeah. they can't re-sign him... Would yeah. Jamie BC uh, fit right in there? There's a he spot. Would. Yeah, a he spot would. But um, I don't know if. Uh, see, the thing is, is I don't want to get my hopes up, but it could happen. I just. Yeah. It's like uh, I'm like, it's like uh, I I feel like a Toronto fan in hopes that Stamkos signs. Like I know it's probably not going to happen, but it might. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then uh, other like uh, this is the time of year. I think there's others. Uh, other players that are going to be uh, highly touted, Drake Caligula from North Dakota. North Dakota is still in, but he's uh, he he's unsigned, so he has no commitments to any team that drafted him. But he's he's like one of North Dakota's best players, so he's going to be highly touted as well. And I think the Yale goalie, I forget his, I'm blanking on his name, is also going to be a highly touted guy to get. Um, Yale just uh, lost in the first round to UMass Lowell um, in the draft. So he's available too, but um, I think I think the time, if Jimmy VC signed, I think I read reports that Jimmy VC, if Jimmy VC doesn't sign by tomorrow, Monday, um, then there's it's likely that he's going to go somewhere else. Because um, mm-hmm. that's what you usually do is you sign like right away if you're planning on going to the draft, um, if you're planning on going to your drafted team. so Because um, then uh, Nashville could uh, put him in for the playoffs, um, if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it for... As for uh, college, just the Frozen Four, I think it's going to be North Dakota, BC in the finals. Um, but we'll know, I think it says here that April 9th is the championship, so we'll know uh, next episode who um, what the Frozen Four is, and I'll, I'll give you more of a preview of that. Uh, but so far, we only have two teams, so I can't really help you <laughs> right now, but... Uh, I think it's going to be North Dakota and BC in the, for the finals. Um, that would be my prediction. All right, so now we'll, we'll go to the uh, the league that you're more familiar with, uh, the CHL. Um, are they? They're in the playoffs too, right? 
Yeah, they've uh, some of the the leagues. I know for sure the OHL has already started their playoff series. The QMJHL, the Quebec League, has started uh, their playoffs. Yeah, no, uh, one of the top teams in the Quebec League is. Uh, I think they got the Quebec Ramparts up first. That's a pretty tough test. Um, and uh, and then the Western Hockey League, I believe they they've got uh, their playoffs coming up, and and they've got uh, teams like the Victoria Royals and uh, the Kelowna Rockets that are that are poised to do some damage. Um, but in the OHL, the Ottawa 67s, they're in the playoffs uh, as well. Uh, their opening round action is often underway. Uh, they're going at it with Niagara, the Ice Dogs, this year, a team they have only beaten once in the playoffs. And Niagara got their team back in around 2008-ish. And since then, these two squads have met four, five, maybe six times in the postseason. And last year, they squared off. Uh, the Barber Poles opened up a 2-0 lead against Niagara, who turned around 1-4 straight and took down the 67s in six hard-fought games. This year, uh, the Ice Dogs took the first two games on home ice, and record-wise, the team with home ice has played very well in the past two series. Um, the past series and a half, I should say. This series is far from over. Um, and once again, they were very hard-fought affairs. Game one was a 4-3 final. Game two was a 5-3 final. Um, but it should be noted Niagara was up 4-3 with less than two minutes left in the third period of game two. So technically a one goal leave, uh, a one goal game for the most part. Um, the storyline for the 67s offense at times, they struggled in game one. They had five power plays in the opening period alone. Niagara got zero, um, had to settle for a one, one draw in that frame. Uh, and, the, and if they are able to convert on a couple of Niagara's mistakes, perhaps they take game one. Uh, in Game 2, the 67s opened up a 2-0 lead, but fell victim to a sudden Niagara surge in the third period. Uh, but it should be noted, the Ice Dogs, while they have a fantastic team on paper, they should be much higher than a 4-seed in a slightly above-average Eastern Conference. Uh, that's because they don't play like a well-oiled machine sometimes, and the 67s, prior to these two defeats, were playing some of their best hockey of the season, and that was all without their captain, Travis Konechny, who... Um, right, that big trade. was dealt to Sarnia before the deadline. Uh, they're all-star stud, and they got a big return uh, for him. Uh, and with last season's 2-0 series collapse still fresh in their minds, perhaps the 67s have Niagara right where they want them, uh, down 2 nothing, because they know, you know what? We were up 2 nothing. They came back. What's stopping us from turning the tables on them this year? Uh of course, the big test will be Game 3 tomorrow in Ottawa, 3 o'clock start, and tomorrow I mean Monday. So by the time you hear this podcast, the results might be decided, and we'll soon find out if the 67s can get it done. But uh, there haven't been many times, in the, there haven't been too many times in the OHL where a team has come back from 3 nothing down. So uh, definitely a <laughs> must-win game for the 67s, and we'll probably have a clearer picture of where this series is headed uh, if it hasn't wrapped up uh, by the time we record the next podcast, that is, um, next week. Um, if the, it goes to Game 7, um, that will happen on Tuesday, April the 5th. So um, there's there's a good chance that by the time we chat next, this series could be over. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, uh, as for the rest of the OHL, um, yeah. I haven't really uh, delved too, too much into that. Um, I, I will delve into that and some of the others as, as, uh, the series, pro- as this playoff series progress. 
But uh, another OHL series I'm watching is number one seed at Kingston taking on the number eight seed, the Oshawa Generals, who won the Memorial Cup last year. Uh, Michael Dalcole now plays for the Kingston Frontenacs. He played for the Generals in his first three or so years. New York Islanders prospect. Yeah, New York Islanders top five prospect. You're right. Um, and Kingston is favored to make a run at the conference finals, maybe the OHL championship, maybe the Memorial Cup if they get that far. They haven't won a playoff series since 1998, and this is the fan base that has been longing for success in the playoffs. And the last time they were in the playoffs uh, was last year they lost, but the year before they had a 3 nothing lead on Peterborough, who came all the way back, forced a Game 7, won Game 7 in overtime uh, in Kingston's barn, by the way. Um, so they're really hoping that this is their year. And as an OHL fan, even though they're in our division, I'm kind of rooting for the front next to, to go deep into the playoffs this year, because that's nice. a fan base that has long waited for playoff success. And this year is probably their best chance to go on a run for the ages. So, yeah. uh, that series with Asha will be something to watch. Yeah, I'm just looking at their roster for their Kingston. Uh, they have M- Michael Del Cole. Um, the only other person I recognize is Lawson Kraus. Yeah. Um, yep. All right. And Lucas Pirasini, they're the goalie of the year last year, or at least the goalie of the year candidate last year, and their backup. Uh, I think at one point he was like 15-3-2. When your backup goes 15-3-2, you know, you know you have a good team. So uh, it's not like if their number one goalie gets hurt, they're not able to get by. This team is probably one of the more balanced in the OHL. Um, but again, if they go to the OHL final, the, the key is going to be, you know, stacking yourselves against, you know, a team like London or a team like Erie or, um, um, you know, Kitchener was doing pretty well. Windsor was doing pretty well this year. Uh, so, and Sarnia as well as a threat. So, Whoever comes out of the Western Conference, um, that they it, it might be advantage Kingston on the as far as uh, getting rest goes because you know when you've got so many heavyweights in one conference, you know you use up a lot of your energy. So in that case, you know that might favor Kingston if they make it to the OHL Finals and they face one of those top teams. But um, the best teams find a way to win, and, and, and that's that's ultimately what's going to decide the OHL title is who's who's the best of the best and who's got what it takes. So uh, the Western Conference, as usual, will be fun to watch because there are uh, like four or five um, teams. Anyone can beat anybody, and right. um, it, it makes for good, entertaining hockey, and, and the best is yet Wait, to come. When so. is the Memorial Cup? That's in April, right? Or is that um, in May? It's usually... <laughs> I think it's at some time in May. Okay, it's May. usually it's usually closer. Right, because they the have to wrap up all these playoffs. The Stanley Cup finals. So right. yeah, I think mid to late May. All right. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at all these NHL news. Like a lot of these stuff is like kind of obvious, but Panthers attendance is up this season by four thousand plus per game. Uh, not a surprise now that they're That's really good. Um, yeah. Now that they're good. Um, the yesterday, Phil Kessel and Nick Bonino had, each had five points. <laughs> the last time two Penguins players recorded five points was when Ron Francis and Mario Lemieux did it on March 26, 1997, 19 years ago to that day. Which is crazy. <laughs> um, 
Oh, and then and I uh, won the Stanley Cup that year, yeah. so Pittsburgh fans hop on that bandwagon. Exactly. Your team could be going all the way this year. And then there was a well, they actually could. Um, and and then they could was, surprise. They yeah. could surprise. They uh, there was also a funny article that I, like was like, oh, no kidding. Um, Arizona Coyotes or Don Maloney said that the Arizona Coyotes won't trade Oliver Ekman Larson to draft Austin Matthews. They won't trade him to draft Austin Matthews. Yeah, I know. It's like, well, why would they? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought that was a funny headline. But yeah, these are all on our hockey, uh, Reddit hockey. Um, if you don't know, it's a good uh, uh, like a site aggregator for hockey news. But um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, I thought those were funny because our rapid fire was a little short this week. But I thought I should mention those three news items. Um, I don't know if any of them stood out to you, but whatever. Uh, let's go to the Bruins and Sens. Um, Kadri. Oh, right, right, Kadri. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't see this, but um, apparently uh, during the Toronto-Anaheim game on Thursday, Manson throat-slashed Kadri. Well, I he didn't know. throat slash me. He gave him the gesture, which oh, Kadri did previously this season to the Calgary Flames' Mark right. Giordano. But, uh, right, um, but we don't, um, is, like, do you think Manson's gonna be suspended or something? He wasn't suspended, but he was fined the maximum amount for his actions later, and to make matters worse, um, not only was he penalized on the play, Katri went on to score the OT winner, uh, so, uh, to, to sum it up nicely, uh, my name is Earl reference for you, karma is a funny thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it came and it came and went Nazem Kadri's way there. So yeah, I don't, I don't think I didn't see it, but it, I mean, it's kind of like a karma thing. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, I guess then let's go to Bruins Sense. I think that's it. <laughs> um, uh, I'll let you vent about the Bruins because uh, there were some yeah. suspect balls that went your something you haven't your, seen. Uh, right. Didn't go your way, sir. Yeah. So, uh, so after I could live with. Losing to all those California teams, they're good teams. Um, but but I knew that we had to win against the Rangers, and we had to win against the Panthers. Unfortunately, the Bruins didn't do that. Um, and I mean, yeah, I could, I could. It's kind of petty to blame the officials for both those games, but we were robbed twice um, <laughs> in both those games. Uh, so the Rangers. It's it's gonna be hard to describe when you you know I don't know how many people saw it but there was a goal um, that should well there should have been a goal I think it was Louis Erickson who shot it um, uh, that you could see the puck going in to the net um, and then uh, Lundqvist gets out his glove and you know catches it but his glove is in the net. Um, so naturally, Claude Julian uh, challenges that, um, and they look at it, um, and you know, Nesson like keeps on showing it, and they're all like, "Oh, it, you know, it's, it's going to be called back. We, you know, we're we're in it." Um, I think it was. I oh, think, so 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 even they thought it. Yeah, Nesson like, thought oh, they were. Nesson thought it was in. It's, it's gonna be so, it's a similar thread line if you're gonna pay attention. Uh, the uh, and uh, they call it off. Uh, guess what? You know, spoiler alert. They call it off. 
um, which was crazy. Uh, Claude Julien was, like, irate afterwards. Um, of course he would be. Yeah, I mean, that's typical Julian. Um, and, like, you know, it should have been the game. As I, I was telling you pre-show, um, that, it like, for this game, it, like, if we scored, we I think we were still down by a goal, so we still had to score another goal. So there, there is a likelihood that we probably wouldn't have scored again. But, but it changed the momentum of the game, for but, sure. But at the same time, yeah, the momentum of the game, that should have been called, um, but it wasn't. Um, and then, um, I may have been wrong with Louis Erickson. Was it Louis Erickson? It was one of the Bruins. I don't. I, I don't know if it was Erickson or not. But now uh, about about the Lundqvist save. Yeah. Um. What if his? I think the call on the ice was no goal, right? Yep. Okay, so if his if his glove is definitively over over the line, if if parts of it is like on the line. No, it was over from, the line from from the vantage point that you saw from the replay that you yeah. saw. Could you clearly see the puck cross the line? Yeah, you could. Like he caught okay. it inside the goal, like literally caught it. Caught it inside the goal was in the mesh. You could see the puck in yeah, the mesh. It's just that he caught it. Yeah, it's just that he caught it. So it's like it's like hard to tell, but like he definitely caught it. Okay, I'll, and it was I'll in take the a net. closer look at that. You might you might be right based on what you're telling. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, it's it's I tough. Didn't even to, see the replay, I feel so like I'm, a madman now. I'm gonna have to try to find this now. Um, hold on. But well, uh, he said it was on one of the saves of the week on NHL.com, so it shouldn't yeah. be too hard to find. Well, is it? Oh, actually, let me look at Wait, NHL.com. I think you said pre-show it was. Well, I think I think. It, or I maybe one of the was... daily highlights. I can't remember. It was it was on the website somewhere or some website. Yeah, hold on. I'll I'll find it, but. On the other, there was another one that was even clear. Uh, so then the next game, we're like, all right, whatever. Everyone has those games, whatever. So then the next, it was like, but we have to win against the Panthers, especially since, you know, we're playing them. This could be a playoff matchup kind of thing. Chasing them in the division, too. Exactly, yeah. And uh, so this, this goal, like, it was, like, conclusively in the net. Like, it was even... Like, like you could see the puck in the net. Um, I think this was Patrice Bergeron who shot it. Um, like, like uh, Jack Edwards and Andy Brickley were like saying, like, okay, this is definitely a goal, and they were even <laughs> getting like they were definitely they were even getting ready for like, okay, it's a tie game, it's a tie game, uh, anything can happen, and then they call it off, and like I I knew that was going to happen just because of what happened the, the last game. I was just like, I, it's definitely in, but they're going to call it off, and it did. Did they sound happened. as irate as Julian sounded? Oh, yeah, no, Jack, Jack was <laughs> like, Jack was angry the entire rest of the game. I oh, kind of yeah. I kind of stopped watching after <laughs> after a while, to be honest. But, like, it was just because I was so angry about it, because I was just like, like, that was seriously a goal. There was, like, they even showed, like, a picture of, like, the puck, like, inside the net. Um as they were saving it, and it was just, it was just so crazy. I think, I mean, I am biased here because it happened to my team twice in the in back in to the back. Same week, yeah, yeah. Both but critical, at the same time, 
like, this should be a sign to the NHL that they should fix their system. Like, you know, it's like, like, this is seriously, I feel like, I feel like I'm like the, it's like, uh, like the, the NHL is like against the Bruins somehow. Cause it's like, I don't, I don't know if they have this kind of high definition twice. in Toronto that they have at the rink, but they should yeah. make it available because That's obviously yeah. the fans aren't seeing what the guys upstairs in Toronto well, are yeah. seeing, and that needs to be addressed. Yeah, that too, and you're like, you're looking at like this, the refs are looking at this very small iPad, you're also yeah. like, you know, you're probably also swayed by what the home crowd is doing, and so it's like, you know, you can't like, you can't do it that way. I'm all, all for challenges, obviously, but at the same time, there has to be a better way to do this, where like, you know, just, just send them to Toronto, uh, send them to, uh, I don't know, like, you, and also you have to, like, you're relying on the ref to admit that he made a mistake, like, you know, a couple minutes after. I and don't care if you make a mistake, just make the right call, yeah. get it right. Or even, like... You look more foolish for not making the right call than yeah. you do making a mistake. Or like, even, like, like... it doesn't hurt to admit you're yeah. wrong. Or, yeah, or even, like, just, like, make, like, a track, like, I think soccer does this, where they have, like, a goal tracker, yeah, where, you, like, yeah. you have, like, a chip inside the ball, and mm-hmm. so they can tell if the, um, if the ball went in the net or not. Um, I think you can just do the same, just put a chip in the puck, or, like, have a, have, like, a tracker on the, you know, on the goal, and you, you know you could do it that way, like get all technical on it if you really want to. Which I think See, the, they thing, the thing about soccer is I don't think they're really into goal line technology, whereas <laughs> the NHL is. Well, I don't know. I feel like the same. Doesn't the same? I haven't watched as many soccer games, obviously, but I think the same kind of stuff happens. Like I feel like it, like obviously the soccer ball is bigger, but I feel like it could. Yeah. I mean, it, I feel like that stuff happens where you're not sure if it went in or not. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess that's true. But I feel like they could get into that technology where it's, like, part of, like, where you track the puck or something yeah. like that. Um, that was my point. Um, yeah, so so I was annoyed. Um, I was I was also paying attention to all these standings now because then I was just like, okay, like, we're probably not gonna, because <laughs> uh, I felt like those were games that we should have won, but we didn't. Um, now, now just, at this point, you're just trying to stay in the third yeah. spot so and luckily, not fall into one of the wild cards. So then luckily, you're probably gonna get a team like Tampa or right. Washington in the first round. Right. So luckily, we played it. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's true. Like I could blame the refs, and that was part of the anger. But at the same time, we well, didn't those really two plays absolutely. Yeah. Especially for those two plays. But at the same time, it's like, we didn't play great, and we all of a sudden just stopped playing well. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so that was also the thing where it was just like, okay, we're slipping, we, <laughs> we probably won't make the playoffs. And, we and, might not and make that's, the playoffs. that's what good yeah. teams do. They I don't was, let those things yeah. affect them. I was close to panicking. I think I, w- I would be panicking if we didn't win if we didn't win if yesterday. If you didn't beat the Leafs, yeah. Um, Fortunately, it didn't come to that. Yeah. And you're on the road. <laughs> and so. we're on the road. Yeah, so I think, I think, hopefully, I mean, obviously, for me right now, I just want to make the playoffs. Um, I don't really care, like, especially with all the stuff that happened in the offseason and whatnot. I just, 
I just want us to make the playoffs, and I think it, and I just want Julian to be the coach too. But I don't think that's going to happen if we miss the playoffs. So, um, so I just want I just want the playoffs to start like right now, um, yeah, for the Bruins' sake. Um, yeah. But uh, I guess we have a you know we have eight more games left. Um, yeah, I think I think and, you have some critical matchups on deck as well. Yeah, I think we play we play Detroit. I forget who we played this week, but um, don't don't you play the Blues and the Blackhawks too? Yeah, but we play those like in the last couple of like our last, last couple of games. Yeah. yeah, and I think they'll they'll probably bench their guys. You know, they're good guys. Yeah. So, but you know, obviously that's not a given. Um. Yeah. So uh, I guess uh, uh, you can talk about your centers while I look for these uh, clips. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I can't. I, I can't necessarily say that things are better in Ottawa than they are right. in Boston because they're mathematically alive in the playoffs. But like I said, barely by the skin of their teeth. Uh, when the owner says changes are coming before the team faces the top dogs in the East and arguably the NHL, you kind of had the feeling it's going to be a tough week. Uh, at least I was, and well, that's exactly what it turned out to be. They fell behind three nothing in the early stage of the first period against the Capitals. Uh, in the third, they make a game of it, ultimately fall 4-2. Next game is on the next day in Brooklyn, which saw the Islanders strike first, not surprisingly. Uh, the Sens limit their chances. Uh, they run into a hot goalie, uh, Jean-Francois Berube, I think is his name. Uh, he was a Kings prospect, a third stringer nonetheless. Played great. Made this insane save. Insane uh, stick save as well. Uh, and the Owls in the second slowly ran away with it. Uh, and then the mother load of all heartbreaking defeats came on Saturday night, which saw the Sens build a 3-0 lead against the Anaheim Ducks, who made it to the Western Conference Finals just over, uh, just under a year ago, for those of you who don't remember. In the third, Mike Hoffman gets hooked by Corey Perry. He gets a penalty shot, couldn't convert. Uh, hard to believe that was the turning point, because in the grand scheme of things, the Ducks, like they did against Toronto, erased a three-goal deficit and scored four unanswered. This time, they took it to overtime and they won, whereas the Leafs managed to get the best of them in overtime. Um, those are two points the Sens should have definitely had. Uh, hands down, they, they, they fell apart at the worst possible time. They didn't get it done. That was a winnable game, 100%. Um, and and they let and they let their guard down. Even even if the penalty against uh, Chris Weidman was was one of those phantom calls, um, even then the two defensive breakdowns that led to the first goal that led to the second goal that can't happen. Um, and, and their power play has been dreadful. They haven't scored in their last thirty or so opportunities. That needs to change as well. Um, and if it does change, it's going to be too little, too late. Because like I said at the beginning of the show. Eight points out with six games to go. They need to pretty much win all their games, and hopefully everyone that they need to catch or that's behind them loses, uh, which is probably not going to happen. So they're the only Canadian team, like I said, that's mathematically in the playoff spot. Didn't think I'd be saying that, but it's true. Um, When you consider teams like Calgary and Montreal, I thought were going to be in the playoffs, and Winnipeg too. All of them were mathematically eliminated before Ottawa was. Um, and the Sens actually won a season series against Toronto, which they haven't really done uh, in ages. But none of that really makes much of a difference because you have the owner uh, saying these things that changes are coming in the offseason. Um, 
you know, criticizing the decision to start Matt O'Connor in game three of the regular season against Montreal, um, criticizing their play, holding a lead in the final minutes and, you know, describing the Jekyll and Hyde team there and, and saying that, saying a bunch of things that really were said at the wrong time. Didn't you say that, um, that like everyone was, everyone could be traded or something like that? I, I think, I, I, I think he was pretty, he was pretty blunt in a media scrum earlier in the day. And then he went on TSN 1200, the sports station in Ottawa to talk about it on the pregame show. And he kind of backtracked and he said, I like Dave Cameron. I've known him for quite some time. What happens to him is not my decision. It's the GM who makes that decision. Then he was asked about the GM. Is Brian Murray going to be back next year? And and he's battling, you know, uh, cancer that's spread everywhere in his body. um, And he's fighting for his life. And um, his future has been uncertain with the team. And he said, Brian Murray will come back, but only if he wants to. You know, obviously his health is, is going to play a factor in, in, in his decision. So he's, he's welcoming Murray back to the team. If he wants the job back, he can come and get. Um, but as far as the changes are concerned, I don't think a complete overhaul is necessary. I mean, yeah. you look at the guys they just kept. You look at Mike Hoffman, who's a free agent. And although, you know, you, you kind of, you kind of question, you know, his, his chemistry, his communication with Dave Cameron. And it's been kind of rocky at times uh, from what I've heard uh, from various sources. And um, I, I'm just like, you know what? I want to keep Mike Hoffman because he's probably the closest thing to a 30-goal score, a 40-goal score that you're going to get in Ottawa right Besides now. Especially Carlson. With, with Bobby Ryan, you know, all this hype saying, you know, he's our next 30-goal scorer. And although he's played well, he hasn't become that 30-goal scorer yet. Um, Mike Hoffman has uh, he has scored 27, 28, 29 goals last year. And he's got another 20-goal season this year. Um, you have Zach Smith, who got 20 goals this year. Pajot, who leads who, uh, the last check uh, last time we recorded, led the league in shorties, uh, had 17 goals of his own this year. So I don't really want to change too too much you know you have stone you have tourists you have zibanejad who you who you uh re-signed to a two-year deal before the season began and you re-signed mark stone as well and you re-signed mark mathod and clark MacArthur, and and now you have dion Phaneuf. and you know anderson and hammond is a pretty good one-two punch and goal uh, and it hasn't been their fault that they've fallen through the cracks. It's their inexperience on defense and their inability to hold a lead late in games. And there are that's so familiar. <laughs> and as much as I like Dave Cameron, as much as I know he can run this team, uh, because he was able to do that last year, and I don't know if it was the stars lying at the right time, but this this team was pulling off some great things. And in yeah. order to do that, you need to have good coaching. You need to have faith in one another. But it's... That just hasn't happened for whatever reason. And rightly or wrongly, I think the easiest decision as far as change goes is the coach. And then the question becomes, who do you replace him with? And the probably the biggest talk in the offseason, like you're not going to trade too much in the lineup. Alex Chiesa and Patrick Weirkosh are probably the only two names that I would even consider trading. And if well. you trade them, 
you're probably only get, gonna get like a fourth or a fifth round pick for them a piece. So you don't so want to blow up the easiest team. thing to do is probably change the coach. But okay. the question is, how much of it is the players and how much of it is the coach? Right. And I think ultimately what's going to determine Dave Cameron's fate is what happens with Mike Hoffman. Right. Um, I say they keep Mike Hoffman. He seems to be like one yeah. of your best players with the Mark Stone and Carlson, obviously. But, He's got a great yeah. shot, too. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Um, all right. So I think that's it for us. Uh Happy Easter, although I guess this will be <laughs> day after Easter. Um, Happy Easter Monday, if you're listening to this on Easter Monday. Is that a thing? It, I don't even know. Um. Yeah, it, 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 in some circles, yes, for right. for uh, elementary school students, they, oh, they, they, okay. get, they get the Monday off, but the right. real world, uh, it's just a regular Monday. Right. So. Um, all right. I'm Brett Duboff. I'm Steve Ellsworth, and we will talk to you in episode 26 of the Lace Up Podcast.